my mind to go to interesting <laughs> places. I'm very curious what you guys, Yitzchak, I'm curious what you think. The question Ray Glazer asked, it's going to take us, we're going to talk about addiction a little. We're going to talk about a few topics that are relevant to every single one of us, but please go on the trip with me. Ray Glazer started the discussion with the following question. It calls Avram Avinu, Klal Yisrael, we are called Bas Nediv, the daughter of the generous one. Nadiv is the generous one, and we're called the daughter of the generous one, the, the, the Nadvan. The Nadvan is a giver, the daughter of the giver, and who's the giver? Avram Avinu. Now, if I would guess why Avram Avinu is called the giver, is because he was a kind man, and he was all about giving to people. So that would be like simple, with the daughter of the giver, Avram Avinu. But Rashi brings, that's not why Avram was called the giver. Not because of his kindness, no. He's called the giver, says Rashi, because all Gerim, converts, are called givers. And it brings a Pasuk and tell him, amim The givers of the nations <coughs> gathered with Klal Yisrael, Gerim. Gerim are called givers. Why a Gerim? A Ger is a convert. Somebody saw the truth, of life, and converted to Yiddishkeit. It's interesting, I say, so the truth of life. Can a, if a guy, do we, is the truth to be a Jew, by the way? Is a guy not living the truth? We're very weird. I don't want to call us a religion, because it's just the tyrants, MS. Ironically, a guy could get Olam a guy lives right, a guy is wonderful. Yeah, they keep their commands, a guy comes up to you and says, I'm intrigued by the Torah. By the way, the Torah is the best-selling book in the world. Everybody believes in the Torah. It was funny. A Bachar was talking to the nurse the other day, and the Bachar says, do you believe in God? He said, of course I'm God-fearing. He said, but the same God as us? And of course the same God. He believes in Hashem. I promised the nurse, the nurse has the same Hashem as he believes in Hashem. The only Hashem, the creator of the earth. He's a mind, the Bachar like couldn't wrap his mind around. He's a mind Hashem. The reality is, so a guy, a guy discovers Hashem, discovers Torah, could stay a guy. There's nothing in the Torah that says a guy should become a Yid. And by the way, he'll get oil on my bar, he'll have oil on my zeh. gets an easier way out. I don't, easier or different missions. I don't, it's not, it's 630, right. Yeah, right, okay. Okay, okay. Right. Does he get the same reward? It's funny, it's really, we'll talk, I don't have like a checks and X's, like how many points you score Yiddishkeit. So you say the same reward, does he, like how many checks can you accrue? I have a different, you, what, I would, <laughs> what I would rephrase, what I would rephrase is he has close to God. And the answer is that a Yid is Hashem's child. And a guy you don't find, they're called the sons of Hashem. Hashem loves guy. He loves every human being. A guy is the creation of Hashem. A yid is the son of Hashem. So if a guy is motivated, you say, well, it's easier to be a guy. I hear. Now, he could be motivated. If he wants to be a son, you can convert. Any, it's not an exclusive thing. Anybody could be a ben. Now, why is one guy born a ben, one guy not? Hashem has cheshbonis that are higher than ours. But anybody could be a ben, but he doesn't have to be a ben. The bottom line is, is that Gerim converts Yitzchak are called Nedivim, generous ones. 
And it's as the Pasuk says, Nedivei Amim Nesafu. And we're called Bas Nediv because Avram was the first Ger. He started a movement. Avram is the first one who started. As such, he's called a generous one. So Gerim converts are called generous, the Pasuk and Tilim. Now why is that generosity? That's an intellectual discovery of truth. Why in the world is that called generous to convert? What are you giving? Where is the generosity? Where is the giving spirit? It's a truth. If you discover a truth, so you live with that truth. And yet Avram is called the generous one. Yet Gerim converts are called generous. What precisely are they giving? It was generous. They discovered the truth. I made a discovery, David. Where's generosity fall into? You hear the question? Why are converts called generous? They should be called truth discoverers, mevakshim, seekers, people who found the truth. They're called generous ones. You see a convert? We have in, in, in Yeshiva, a bachar confided in me. I said, Rabbi, my father's a gerr. So I just told him, very simply, and I didn't explain further. I said, so is mine. He said, really? So, and we ended the conversation. We, had, we did not speak further. We did not speak further. Really, my, and I wasn't, I promise you, I told him the truth. My father is a convert. Avram Avinu. Avram, my father, Avinu. I call him Avinu. He is Avinu. My father is a convert to a thousand. I promise you, it's true. Avram's a convert, 100%. Avinu, our tat is a convert. It makes me crazy when people don't know history and context. A guy once sat, a girl once came to, she wanted a waterberry shidduch as thousands of people do. And this girl came to my house and she was telling me about her career in her career. And she said she came from a Russian family and she was um, picked on for being a Russian in elementary school. That boils, stupidity boils my blood. I hate stupidity. You're so ignorant you pick on somebody from Russia. Everything we have is from Russia. The Chavetz Chaim was from Russia. Rabbi Yishev is from Russia. Rabbi Yashev and Lubavitcher, Rabbi is from Russia. The altar of the You're just stupid. You're just... Teach your kid something, for heaven's sake. <laughs> if a kid doesn't know that we're all foreigners, wake up. The weird one amongst us, the very weird one amongst us, is like, who's like a long-time American? Like, tell me the guy who was here in 1800. <laughs> It's just ignorance. You're ignorant. You're making fun of it. The, the weirdo, like, if, if you find the guy who's here in the he's weird. Everybody should, like, look at him funny. Trust me, it's a little bizarre. Just nobody like that. You find one guy in yeshiva once told us at one of these shmuzim, I was here since, like, 18. We all looked at him, like, we try to treat him normal. Like, trust me. <laughs> but, like, you're, you're, I don't like ignorance. I don't like no context, historical context. Teach your kids one day. If they make fun of a kid in the class, a little unique, hello, hello. So if you make fun of Gerim, you just don't know anything. We are start of our people is Gerim. The Torah commands of us to be good to Gerim because you were Gerim. Our, we started in Egypt. We all were the foreigner. Don't ever pick on the foreigner. Teach your kids that, please. Please teach it from young ages. We are all foreigners. A basic to the Torah, maybe one of the most basic to the Torah. <coughs> if I had to say it's one of the most repeated themes in the Torah, Taisus says it's 36 times in the Torah, is Ava Sager, is to appreciate the foreigner. 
you're a shtickle clueless to historical context if you reject the foreigner. Please teach your children one day, I beg you all. Teach you from very young ages. Our people were foreigners. Avram was a ger. Your kid, bang it into his head or her head, bang it. Teach it strongly, firmly, clearly. So when they go to school and a kid says, my father's a ger, like so is mine. <laughs> Shalom Aleichem, nice to meet you. We all come from ger, in fact. So the, so the bottom line is, but why is a ger called generous? Where's the generosity? Asked Rabbi, asked Rabbi Glazer of a ger, why is that generous? That's a discoverer. That's a mivakesh. What's in the divos? The generosity of a ger. That's what Rabbi, that's what Rabbi Glazer asked. An extremely intelligent question. <clears throat> if I could share for a few minutes what happens to an addict, and all, if, if I think this relates to every one of our lives, even if we don't struggle with the d- disease called addiction. I have found this in my own self, and I think you might find it in yourself, and I'd like to share something that happens to us all. An addict has an overwhelming craving for something. Let's say a gambling addict, and he craves gambling. The addict loses his wife, his kids, his job. He loses everything for his addiction. Now, the addict will often face a time where he's losing his wife, and the addict has something that he can't control and he's drawn to, and his wife. Now, he likes his wife and wants his wife. But because he finds himself not being able to control it, by force he'll say, I don't like her anyway. I have seen guys in Yeshiva Rachman Aslan struggle with Shabbos. They say, I'm not sure I want it. No, the kid wants it badly. But he's not in control. Whatever his addiction, his behavior that's controlling him. And what he draws the conclusion is, I must not want it. He'll even say, I want to want. He's saying, I... You don't want to want, that want to want means there's want in you. You're craving Shabbos, you just have something else that's owning you. But the easier thing to do at some point is to say, I must not want, and I don't want. And you find yourself in your life, you create your wants based on behaviors that are controlling you. Instead of saying things are valuable and true, and things I want to pursue, and creating and judging my behaviors based on that, I go with my behaviors and create my system surrounding my behaviors. In a very deep way, in the deepest way you can imagine, I just explained Nasevanishma. In a very deep way, the perfect person creates a system of what he wants. His behavior is not what he wants, and then slowly he builds up his behavior to what he wants. The altar of Kelm was Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's biggest Talmud. Probably most would say it's hard to read. Rabbi Yisrael had a number of Talmudim. The altar of Kelm was Rabbi Simcha Zissel, was viewed as the closest Talmud probably of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Rabbi Yisrael taught a system of working on oneself that was exalted. Rabbi Yisrael had a self-awareness that's other... 
I could just know my Rebbe is a Talmud of a, my Rebbe is a Talmud. The altar of Nevardik was the Talmud of the altar of Kelm. Rabbi Yisrael had a Talmud of the altar of Kelm. The altar of Kelm had a Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael had a Talmud the altar of Nevardik. The altar of Nevardik, I get it right, Rabbi Yisrael Slant had a Talmud the altar of Kelm. The altar of Kelm had a Talmud whose name was the altar of Nevardik. The altar of Nevardik had a Talmud whose name was Avram Yafin, who was a son-in-law. Avram Yafin had a Talmud who was a son-in-law whose name was Ablaib Nekritz. Well, Ablaib Nekritz had a Talmud who was a son-in-law whose name was Raiper, who was my Rebbe. So I know about the Muslim movement. My Rebbe has an awareness about himself. I, the one I feel maybe in the world who knows me the most, he's told me things about my, like, keshkas. He knows people. He would meet you for a minute. He knows you well. Not because it's not magic. It's not Kabbalah. He has a <laughs> tremendous self-awareness of people. He's worked on himself hard for 65 years. He w- learns a lot of Musr hours a day. And he understands people and how we work. And Rabbi Yisrael had a tremendous understanding of people. He taught a very, very high level of discipline. Yiddishkai Rabbi Yisrael taught his Talmidim. The altar of Kelm said, how was Isaiah to be such a Talmud? How did I do it? My Rebbe taught extreme things. He said that one of my main skills is I'm good at being a hypocrite. What does he mean? It's, it's cool what he said. You think being a hypocrite's a terrible thing, a faker, a hypocrite. The altar of Kelm professed on himself that I'm a good hypocrite, and it's the reason I was successful by Rebbe Yisrael. Rebbe Yisrael, let's say, would talk about precious about not being too engulfed in Eilam Hazeh. And he would give a speech about Precious, about being, not being owned by Gashmias. He'd give a speech about Precious. And his speech, he was demanding levels that were crazy. He said to people, to most people, either you're not inspired by it because he's saying crazy things, it's out of my league, ridiculous. You reject it, you ignore it, you don't live with it. He said, I am capable, the altar of Kelm said, I am blown away by what he's saying. I'm intrigued. I'm excited. And then I leave the schmooze on fire and I order from Dougie's one of every single thing on the menu. And then I call Simply Sushi and order one of every single thing on the menu. And I continue like that for months. I'm blown away and I continue living where I am. And I'm a hypocrite. He said that was my capacity. And then slowly I find how to take myself. I want to get there. I like what he said. I'm inspired, blown away. I'm not rushing anyway. I know the frummy thing. You got to do something fast and take it into your life. No, no, no. He orders. He goes to the dining room. Parties like mad. But he accepted what Rabbi Yisrael said. And I'm just not there yet. But I'm blown away. I'm moved. And I'm just capable of being a hypocrite. I'm capable of saying, I am here. And then slowly, he would figure out something. You know, I'm capable of only having two desserts, not a third dessert. And he would find within his lifestyle something he could move towards Rabbi Yisrael. And slowly, he would grow. That's that's what he explained his capacity, the altar of Kelm. And what's true on every ger, and on every convert, and every person who ever changed in his life, is we're capable of discovering something, we're not there, and slowly we pay a price, slowly we give up things to bring ourselves to get where we want to get. Again, and Avram Avinu, after the discovery of truth, there are still steps. 
A healthy person says, I do want my wife. I think that's what's important. And I know that's more important than the gambling and my whims. But I have contradictions. And then slowly they figure out how they can pay the price and how they can give up to get to the dream of what they want deeply. You know how many people have sold Shabbos and ideals and values that they knew 100% were true? but they sold it away and determined I'm just not into it. They changed their Ratzon because they couldn't pay a price. They couldn't have an adivus, a generosity, to give up things for that which they believe and know and hold stark. Avram Avinu, after discovering it, calls him a nadvan, a generous person, because he was able to pay slowly with a thought, <laughs> with a process, for something that he believed to be true. After his akara, after his recognition of truth, many people recognize what Avram Avinu recognized. But in the unwillingness to pay, to move, to grow, to give up, to give something for what they know and believe and to move there, they just decide they don't believe. That's a much easier thing to do than to believe and then have to gently pay and give and move to get to what I believe. It's much easier and more convenient to say, I just don't believe. So it's much easier for the guy, the simple case, the guy who struggles and shoves, I'm not sure I believe it. Your problem is not a problem in belief. Your problem is I do believe. That's very painful to believe and I'm not there. Believe in a, the Territ says we have human challenges and difficulties and obstacles. And what a ger is called, a, a convert's called, is after not the step of discovering. Many discover. It's the payment to live up, to give the generosity, the giving of self, the giving up of things, of wants and whims, to reach that which I discover. He's called after that, the ger. Because the akara is not the chiddush. The recognition many others recognize also. What he's called is the nadvan. Avram Avinu is not called after the discovery. He's not called the discoverer, he's called the generous one. The one who was able to pay the price and give up whims and wants for beliefs and truths that he found. And that's what we call Advram the Nadvan. And we call any ger a Nadvan, a generous person. Somebody who for something he discovered and held of was able to pay a, to, to, to pay a price for that. Many guys have told me, and it's the same sugya, guys have told me, Rebbe, I want a very open home. It always, I, don't, don't take, it's so cool, you're beautiful that you want it. Guys, I, a guy, a youngster, a young 60, who hasn't paid like for anything in his life. I want a very, many guys, you know, I want to make a certain type of yeshiva. I love when people discuss, they want to talk chenach. They sit down, okay, let me talk about Waterbury. Like, let's talk your shittas. The main sheet I have is give your keshkus, give every penny you own. Everything you got, pay for something. Forget the shaita for a second. What are you willing to give? You hold of it? Will you spend every dollar in your bank account for it? What will you pay for it? What would you give to something? You know, a young son, I'm not taking away the idealism. Guys, Rebbe, I want to start a school. I, it's cool. Now, what do you, it's not, that's a hakara, that's a recognition, that's worth something. You have hakara of a truth. You have something, but what happens when you're asked to pay for your hakara? 
to give for it. What are you willing to give for what you discovered and hold and feel? How much are you willing to pay? So your akara is wonderful. I don't take, I don't challenge the akara. A guy has a sense, it's very valuable to have an open home. So he wants to one day have an home. You know, there's a cost of that. There's a, what's he willing to pay for that? What's he willing to give for that truth? That's the, and Avram Avinu is called after the Nadevos. Not after the discovery, after the Nadevos. That which he's willing to pay for that which he discovers. That's what he's called. The Nadev. And Gerim, who moved, who paid a price for a belief, are not called after the discovery of belief. They're called after the Nadevos. Nadeve Amim Nesafu. That's what Ray Glazer taught us. That's what he taught us yesterday. I was very moved when somebody says a vert and the person's a kiyam. Here's somebody who became a fiery Talmud Chacham. So what's, what's the story of Ray Glazer? Something he discovered? I promise friends of him discovered the same thing. He just was willing to pay for what he discovered. There's a price that you have to know how to do it. Let's say, I want to pay slow, slow. Remember the altar of Kelm. He accepted an idea, and he didn't reject. The easier and natural, that's what he was saying, he's a hypocrite. It's natural to reject an idea if I'm not there. If a Rebbe gives a particular good schmooze that makes us feel uncomfortable, if a Rebbe speaks about kibarav aim and we have our own like ambiguous relationship, you run forward to like, <laughs> no, live in that discomfort. There's, there's a discomfort you could live in. And that's a discomfort we all live in, of a truth. And, I, and I'm holding here, and I'm, I'm not. But I, but I live there, and I live with that. And I'm, I'm not gonna. There's a discomfort. It's much easier to say I don't hold the Shabbos. It's much easier to say I didn't like her anyway. That's the is the whole world says I didn't like her anyway. That I like summed up the world. And the world of addiction is I never liked her anyway. <laughs> That's the world of addiction. That if you want to know how it ends, an addict's, an addict's owned by something. I didn't like her anyway. That's the sogi of addiction. I never really liked her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I sit with the Bachner, he's not sure about Shabbos. Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's not the story. Could it be the story? It's not your story, sorry. You're sure about Shabbos. The terrorist is you're not willing to pay for what you should. And then you reinvent, but then, okay. So then you make a very comfortable life. Your life's built on your weaknesses. And your whole, so your ship's headed nowhere. Your life's built, that plenty of people build a whole life around all their weaknesses. All their shaitas are built on their weaknesses. All their shaitas are perfectly in sync. Their shaitas work. All our shaitas make us good, by the way. What we speak about, I should give like a fiery schmooze on being on time and disciplined. Oh, look at me, you hypocrite. That would be the best schmooze. I have big schmoozim on discipline. I only don't say because you're looking like I'm nuts. There's big schmoozim on being on time, a guy who's never late to a minion. It's a big schmooze on time, discipline, structure, a big schmooze of that. If you're not that, so, you're, so, so, so that's it. You, you remove your sheet to see how all sheet does not. Terence says that there's truths. And then we're, 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 we're trying to pay the prices we need. Slowly, slowly, slowly figure out. That's the aside of Avram Avinu, Zanadvin. He had a truth, was willing to leave that truth as a truth, and slowly pay for the truth that he holds of. The easier thing is to reject truths. You just forget all the truths and just create. We all, anybody frumer than us is a fanatic. 
That's what we do deeply. Frummer is a fanatic. If you're frummer than me, it's not a truth. Anybody frummer than us is just called a dangerous fanatic. We're balanced and healthy exactly where we are. A dream frummer is a fanatic. That's the opposite of a nadvin. The nadvin has a sense of a truth and then slowly pays to get there. Slow, that's not going to be a quick, that's a, that's a, a big part. You're, the the ger is called after that process. That which he was willing, the ger is a huge chedesh. He was willing to hear something as true that's beyond him. And then slowly pay to get there. It's a chedesh nefla. And what's almost natural to do is to reject the truth. Because it's past you. In as much as I have to pay, in as much as there's a will or a whim or a challenge or a difficulty, yeah, reject the truth. I'm not even sure about that truth. I'm not even sure. I need it to be proven to me more. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Call it out like a beast. You like her. I have a problem paying for what you like, okay? So then we have to live in that discomfort. When we live in that discomfort, we ask ourselves questions. We build, we create. <clears throat> that thing you call generous? What did you say? Yeah. It's paying for a cause. It's giving up of whims and wants. It's, it's, it's giving up of something. That, that giving up we call the generosity. If a guy, I, a guy, a guy in yeshiva, Rachman al-Hassan, a guy smokes, is Mechal al-Shabbos. There's a tremendous breach he says, Shabbos, I don't know, I believe in. You believe in Derech Eretz, everybody, that's a universal thing, Derech Eretz, respect. It's a massive disrespect to a place. It's a makam tire, it's a place trying to disrespect to a place. I didn't think of that. It's not the pshat. You think of Derech Eretz, you don't think of anything, there's no truths outside of your behavior. That's the opposite of a ger. If, he, if, if he'd be willing to have truths, there's a truth, of course there's a truth of Derek Hertz. Of course there's a truth of Derek Hertz. If I'm at a stadium, I stand up because everybody's standing. A guy in yeshiva, the truth of a Derek Hertz is not to be Michal Shabbos. That's the truth of a Derek Hertz. Derek is I have behaviors that are dominated. So at least live with the truth. By the way, that will affect things. How you behave will affect. Have, have a truth, an objective truth, an objective thought, an objective, even if your behaviors aren't there. And then slowly we start paying for the objective truth that we have. We start, we start for, oh, that's expensive. That Derek Hertz is an expense, but that's not a Derek Hertz. There's an objective Derek Hertz that's an expensive one, shucks. <laughs> and I might not even be doing it, okay, so I'm breaching Derek Hertz, but I, I'm, I'm still leaving it as a Derek Hertz. I'm not willing to take whatever I can't do and there's no such ideal and no such value. That wouldn't be smart. There is a value. And I might sometimes be falling short and slowly I'm moving my ship towards that value. That's hard. It's hard to do. That's the altar of Kelm's tremendous ability. You can't be a perfectionist to do that. You have to be willing for process. The things needed for this. This is what Ray Glazer... Am I explaining, Ilan? Am I explaining my laser properly? Help me, help me. I'm not, I'm talking to the, I need help, Ilan. Help me out. <coughs> what do you say? Clarify, Ilan, do me a favor. What do you say? Yeah.
Nana, say it better, argue, help me out. I'm struggling, Ilan. <clears throat> Either clarify or disagree. You're allowed to agree. You do agree? What's the nakud of that? What is that? What does it take to be the altar of Kelm? That's tough. Yeah. It's a brutal honesty. It's also it's a humility, it's a willingness not to be perfect, an acknowledgement we're not, we don't have, people are so afraid of not being perfect. When we hear something in a shear, we run, how many times people run forward to make sure, I, my Rebbe gave us Musr daily. We would run forward to make sure like we're not in breach of what he's saying. As young, as older as we get smart, that that wouldn't be right, but we're still there. See, people run forward, I'm okay when I do it, like, it's different in my case. Maybe it's not, like, let it be a truth and I'm just not there yet. It's very, <laughs> you have to be, willingness, of in, it's imperfect, slow, we're, we're moving, we're working, we're taking, we're, but it's still a truth. It's not going to change from a truth. What do you say, Iris? Interesting, right? You're focused, that's called an adivus. So I was thinking about it. It's funny that, that I'm not, I, because Ray Glazer spoke about it, I was like, folks, and this, that it's called an adivus interests me also. It's called generosity. It happens to interest me. I'm coming from, you know what I'm saying? So I'm naniach, that's called generosity. That, why that piece is called generous is probably a discussion. Like, it, it, <laughs> I didn't have time to process that yet. But at least let's call this the truth and then the willingness to pay for the truth. He calls that generosity, the paying for the truth. Not the discovery, but the willingness to pay for the discovery. The process to align myself to the discovery and allowing the discovery to stay there. That's what he views the process as. Allowing, how many of us don't allow the discovery to be there because I'm not there? It, it definitely, it's funny. The Arye hit something. I, I heard, right, right, Glazer gave this speech yesterday, shall show this. It's something we've discussed. I believe I was the one who told him about the altar of Kelm, and I discussed this Nadevus. Arye wonders, is this generosity and the kindness of Avram related? You'd be, it would be funny to think that it's not related. He's called generous for this, and Avram Avinu was very kind. There's probably some relationship it's a general thing. We're obviously handling Avram Avinu. I, I want to say something to the guys. I would like to say something to everybody here. When me and my friends, I, I think about four primary things that I got from my Rebbe. Four things that he handed me. And one of the four things that I got very practically, I'm not a little kid, oh, my Rebbe, my Rebbe. I'm, I'm an older an older kid saying, my Rebbe, my Rebbe. But I'm... It's, it's not like, the, it's, I'm not like saying it with a naiveness. I'm 48, Baruch Hashem. And my Rebbe gave me real things that I speak about because he gave me real things. And there are four things that I focus on personally that I'm like very appreciative to. One of the four things that I'm very appreciative to is when we learned these parashir satira, Avram Avinu is a real person in my life. He matters to me. I get excited. He came in in parashas Nayach. This week's Lach Lecha. 
and the two parishes, Nayach Alechlucha, were introduced to Avram and we start living with Avram. I felt excited yearly. I loved when my Rebbe started talking about the Avais Nimais, and every year with new insight, new intelligence, we could study the parish of Avram Avinu our whole life and grow and develop who he was. He was one of the greats of our people, and we can uncover Torah, new madregas, and we're supposed to ask, It's where we come. And every year of maturity, I can understand, Avram Avinu is out of my league. I will, I will never my whole life understand Avram to the end degree. I'll never. Avram Avinu, Rav Shach said that he can't fully understand Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, Rabbi Shach, who I will never fully understand, can't understand Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. This is Rabbi Yisrael's Rebbe's, 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 back to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is, is it, but we can always expand our view and understanding of Avram. And my Rebbe, Avram Avinu is real. Avram Avinu showed up in my life yearly in these parishes. He showed up. It was so cool to Yeshiv Farakaway. Avram Avinu showed up. It was like incredible. And my Rebbe, with intelligence, brought alive a person and his mission that's very real to me. And that's completely a gift from my Rebbe. I was so excited. My Rebbe wrote a book about his own father. It's called Tzidkasay Aymedes La'ad. Tzidkos, Righteousness Endures. And he wrote a book about his own father who was a fascinating person. Very fascinating man. He wrote a book about his own dad. And in the book, he writes one of the gifts his father gave him is that the Avais became real. And he wrote, and I, we, my friends and I had said this for decades before we read this book. And he wrote there about his father that the Avais, in their family, the Avais showed up. One of my dreams as a dad is I hope with my kids and I hope I've succeeded is I want the others to be people in their lives. They're called our father. I want them to be people. I, when Yisrael Mayer, I wanted a, I, I, the joy. My son Yisrael Mayer asked me, how could I say Avram Avinu's name? He's my father. I felt like a sense of satisfaction you can't fathom. In complete sincerity, and it's a very sincere question, is how could I say his name? He's my father. That's what he asked me. And I was amazed. I was just very, very, very important to me that he asked such a question. Because Avram Avinu is very important. Our father Avram is important to him. And he asked an important question, and I'll just say your father's name. That's an important question. When you give a title, La Lacha, you are a ladder, by the way. Just good to know. So he gave a title. We say, we don't say, we don't, you know, you're not allowed to say his name without Avinu. We say Avram Avinu. Okay, but at times in, in davening once we say, okay, good. Lemaisa. Lemaisa, Lemaisa. My Rebbe handed that the Avais were real. And when we study the Avais and new Madragas of the Avais, that's something important to me. So Raglazer like sounded the bells. Avram Avinu's introduced this parsha, and we start studying Avram Avinu. We already started last week. Avram Avinu's mission, how we viewed the world. Vayita Eshel. Avram Avinu's understanding, the way we understand it now, as much as we can understand it, the study of Avram is very, very important. Very young kids, it's funny, and I've said this, this is like, but this is not the point. The point is not, Akiva, the point is not the grand scale. My point is how immaturely we view Avram. A typical kid comes and he thinks Avram's this old man sitting in his tent, 
it's, it's so far, he had a campus, sprawling campus, miles long. The Rambam describes tens of... In a, you know what it meant to be famous back then? Today, fame is nothing. You have, you have social media. Nobody's famous in the world back then. You didn't see people's faces. They didn't have media. It was much more common. Tens of thousands of people. Thank you for Tens of thousands of people would um would come to Avram Avinu, kings, prince. He had a men's division, a ladies' division. There were hundreds of teachers. These are all pashtas. The Ramam explains it. He had a massive campus of of Limadatayra of teaching Das Hashem, but we have like a very childish, like a small, the point is not because it was much grander than we think, there's even in every area it was more sophisticated, what did they learn, what did they teach, and our job is to study Avram in a more and more sophisticated, every year to re-entertain it more sophisticated. So <laughs> that's something that I got from my Rebbe, when Rai Glazer is, is sitting there on Shabbos Kodesh, and he's describing an aspect of what Avraham Avinu is called, and figuring out what that tells us about Avraham Avinu, that's very important to me, because Avraham Avinu showed up this week. He showed up. Cousin Light showed up yearly. They were, they were frustrating figures. They were, my Rebbe's one of the best storytellers I ever met in my life. There's, you have to declare what the art of a storyteller is very, very vivid and exact and subtle. The, the different heroes, the dangerous people, oh, love on the sinister, love on... Yearly showed up to Yeshiva, love on came, you wanted to kill him. What a jerk. I apologize to talk that way, but just what he was. What a... Oh. There were, these people mattered. They, came, they showed up to Yeshiva yearly. And we studied them and learned from them and learned with them and from them. And Light was the, Light's one of the most frustrating figures who ever lived. Sometimes you have a bachar and the yeshiva is an enigma. He like should be so much bigger than he is. You're like, ah! You want to just like scream your head off. Light was like everything frustrating. And so he was, he was Avram's, Avram like cared about him, fights. So you imagine this great Avram fought a war to save his life. And the guy like, Remains small, but is sort of big, and it's just cr- oh, frustrating. What an enigma! What a character! What a <laughs> light was light. All these people, and they ma- it mattered, and it matters, and it matters. And we study, and yearly we study. So I wanted to share Ray Glazer's piece and share with you how important it is that that piece exists. Everything in the yeshiva, these are weeks. Avram, is, Avram has shown up. Avram has shown up. So I want to study and learn to study any word in the Torah that, that teaches me more, that makes me focus more to understand. A unique man with a unique mission created a unique people. You're reading about us. When you read about our formation, you know, it's, I'll tell you something funny, Ilan. I want to say something funny that happened. It is interesting. At a dinner, the, the yeshiva katana, the, the, there's a local school in Waterbury. So after about 10 years, a guy stands up at the dinner. 
maybe 12 years, and he said, I'm sick and tired. They want the new, fresh voices, no problem. But he said, I'm sick and tired of people telling us about the history of Waterbury, why it started. Enough of that. Like, and he publicly like, made fun of that. Enough of that, of telling us why we started. Enough of that. Enough of that. And let's like, we're 12 years in, we're just... And he like, I'm sick of tired of telling us why Waterbury started. And when he said that, I was like, oh no, oh no. I know what you're saying, that something has to evolve, something grows, adjust. There's, but it's, it's a very important question why something started. It's very important. Now, if you say you want to reject the reasons for its start, that's very complex. If you're here, I'm here, and something was built and succeeded for a way, that's a dangerous proposition. It's a very fine line in companies and organizations to evolve, but to also be true to what made you and, and created you. That guy got up, and it was so fascinating, and that's such a natural instinct. So when we restudy, it's so kedai to plug into what was the start of our people. Avram Avinu, the beginner, who started, is called an Av. What was he creating? And to make sure, the song that I love, I, I, that question, Avram, are we the people that you're diving for? That question, are we, are we still true to what was created and to be true? What was it that was created? What was it about? What was it saying? And do we resemble and are we, are we in sync with what was created? It's extremely important to study Avram, to study what he was building because we view ourselves as B'nai Avram. We're, we call him Avram Avinu. It's not words. It's part of our mission, Avram Avinu. In our prayers, we say, Lekei Avram. We say Magen Avram, the shield of Avram. This is very, very important. I want to close today. I want to close today to share something with the guys, with the final following, the final thought in Avram Avinu that's important to me. It's based on a morale, but it doesn't need the morale. It's based on a morale. But, but I, want, I want to say as follows, Chevra. Avram Avinu prays to Hashem, and he says to Hashem as follows, a cryptic medrash. He says, Hashem, I am worried. I know you made a pact with Nayak. You said, I'll never destroy the world. Uh, it's interesting when Avram Avinu had these nerves. After Avram Avinu beat the four kings... And he sees in war countries that were defeated to never rise again. And Avram, he was, he was part of a war where countries were defeated, defeated and in history gone. And Avram was contemplating, he's like, uh, there's Zayd, everybody came from Nayach. He was the only survivor in the world. Everybody came from, we all come from Nayach, B'nai Nayach, everybody's from Nayach. And Avram Avinu sees countries destroyed, and he says, what happened to the promise to Nayach? There's never going to, you're not going to destroy the world, and the answer is, there's other people in the world that survived. So Avram Avinu deduced, Avram Avinu says to Hashem, you're making promises with me. He said, listen to what Avram Avinu said, 
Avram Avinu said, I am nervous that a descendant of mine is going to outshine me and the promise is going to go to him. I'm going to explain what Avram Avinu was nervous. He was nervous like this. Nayach had a promise, but because people outshone Nayach, the promise is forever. But who it goes through is going to be held true, the promise, and certain descendants of Nayach, the strongest ones. Avram Avinu did not mind if a child, grandchild, great-grandchild outshines Avram. But if somebody outshines Avram, Yaakov Avinu is called Bechir HaAvais, the best of the Avais. Let's say he outshone Avram. Avram Avinu wants that, by the way. He wants that. A guys once called me, I once said a class, the best 12th grade we ever had. So a guy said, maybe earlier years are going to hear this year. This is the be-. I said, if a 12th grade doesn't want next 12th grade to be better than them, I don't know what the-. Of course, you want to hand the baton and people take it further, of course. That's the biggest compliment if the next 12th grade took it bigger. Avram didn't mind that Yaakov's Bechir Ravis, I promise. Says, says, says Avram Avinu, if somebody outshines me, so then all the blessings are only going to be from his line. I'm not mivater on one yid. I want every one of my descendants to be special. I'm not mivater. I don't give up. Now, Avram Avinu, if you want to know what he was, was a builder who wanted a nation. He was thinking about the entirety of the nation. That's what he was. It wasn't like he cares more, I don't want to give up on one descendant. Some people earlier than Avram were building that there should be loyalty to Hashem. Avram wanted a nation. And part of the mitzius of Avram is somebody who wanted the entirety of the people who are loyalists to Hashem. If one descendant outshines Hashem, that's not my mission that there's somebody who's serving you. And if the bracha just goes to him, that one descendant, and doesn't go to all of them, that's not my idealism. I want the entirety of a people. And Hashem swears to Avram. It was from Yitzchak. He had been told, Yitzchak, 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 What? From Yitzchak. He knew it was Yitzchak. He had no option. He had no option. I don't know why. That Yishmael, Avram and Sarah... Through Yitzchak, that was the promise. A hundred. Esav's Yisrael Mumer, it's true, but but anyway, yeah. From Yitzchak Yikar Chazara is the parameters of this, and Avram Avinu says, okay, so that's how you're building this entirety of the nation. I want to be loyalist, and Hashem's. Not Yeah, right, right, not like that. Right, well said, well said. And in this, Hashem says, I swear to you, Avram, I swear that I'm going to have Maginam Shel Tzadikim, army of Tzadikim in each dar that makes sure no Yid is left out of this. Maginam Shel Tzadikim. That's what we say, Magin Avram, the shield of Avram, is Hashem's promise to Avram to protect every Yid who will have an opportunity to be a loyalist to Hashem. Because that's what Avram Avinu wanted, the entirety of a nation. That was part of Avram Avinu's idealism, that he wanted the entirety of a nation, a nation of, of holy people who have an opportunity to serve Hashem. And Hashem promised him, Meginam Shel Tzadikim, armies of Tzadikim, in every generation that will make sure the entirety of the people. 
that won't have elitist thinking, that won't reject some and say, let's just make a, a, a survivor's group. No, no, no. The entirety of the people, that's what Avram Avinu wanted. But that was part of Avram Avinu's idealism. He wanted the entirety. You're giving me a nation, Hashem. I don't want it to be there's just survivors amongst the nation. I want that the entirety of the nation has an opportunity to be loyal to you, Hashem. And Hashem says, I'll give Meginim Shel Tzadikim, who always try to create and give opportunity to the entirety of the nation. This was part of Avram Avinu's mindset and part of his idealism. And we say Magin Avram, we're referring specifically the shield of Avram, that in every generation, the spark of Avram that's in every single Yid, Hashem gives opportunity for that Yid to serve and to be pulled in. That's the Magin Avram that we refer to. So I wanted to share that piece of Avram Avinu's idealism. So we wanted you to share it. Thank you. Thank you. I want to study Avram Avinu more. I'm excited that he showed up. Rai Glazer got me fired up. Rai Glazer Shalash should have shared that. I would like to study it with the guys. It's something that if I'm successful, my Rebbe brought Avram Avinu showed up to Yeshiva. I want him to come here. Thank you. <laughs> I, I showed you that in his book, that he writes that in his book. No. I never showed you in his book on his father. It's Kasey Ahmed he writes that his father gifted the family with that. I was very excited to see that because my Rebbe gifted us with that. So I was excited he wrote that was his father's gift to him. So I want to welcome Avram Avinu to the yeshiva and I hope, Be'ez Hashem, we could study. We could study what is idealism. We could study this year's Hakara recognition. It's never stale. The older we get, it's new, it's fresh. Deeper understanding, I wanted to, I shouldn't say start because we began last week, but I wanted to continue this week with Ray Glazer's beautiful Shal Shudas. I want to thank Aryeh more about what you, what you shared. I want, to, I want to share more. If I can ask, I can ask any of the Hevra prepares, any Hakara about the Avais, anything on these parishes and shares with us. I, I'll call on specific names if they don't share, but if they're willing to share by, by, by Musa and share with the Hevra, it would be a tremendous thing. I'd appreciate whether it's by Musa, whether it's on Shabbos, share Ha'aras on this topic, Yosef. We still didn't get Yosef on a Shabbos to speak, no? The next in, Yosef, we need to hear you. Okay, we need to hear, we need to hear from Yosef. Well, David, Rabbi said, well, David, men of Chanel, Yashikayah. I'm getting more on the Right, right. I should just. I just believe it. Oh, three in a row. It's another schmooze about that. Ashrei.